Welcome to the Ruby. My name is Josh. Hey, yeah, what's up? Why are y'all so happy? <laughs> oh, man. Um, dude, have we not had just an incredible February and March? Why is it spring? I don't even understand what's going on. We haven't even had the hour change yet, um, which is like next Sunday, isn't it? You guys ready for more sunlight? I'm excited. Um, welcome to the Ruby. My name's Joshua. I'm the pastor here. And uh, uh, please hear me. I'm honored. You know, I, I was praying back, back in this back room with our, uh, our staff and um, our worship team and just was asking the Lord, Lord, help us to like understand how sweet it is that grown adults are coming here and trusting us um, to preach your word in truth and to utter your name. Um, so I just, I want you guys to know that um, it is such a humbling reality that all of you chose to be here today, um, that you've trusted our, our church staff with stewarding the word of God. And um, anyway, I love you. I'm glad you're here. Um, I feel all stirred. I don't know what's going on. I knew I was going to do this. I, today, today, my prayer is that God's ministry preaches the sermon, that God's presence preaches to you today. And that, that I and, and our team does the hard work of just like getting out of the way. It's just like, Jesus, because you're here, there will be ministry. That is why there will be ministry today. That is why souls will be comforted today, because you're here. It is not going to be a sermon or a worship set or a podcast or an album that will transform hearts. God, when, when you're here, lives change. And that's super intimidating because it's easier to just control the vibe in a room and to compensate with jokes and good stories that make you feel certain ways so I can see it. I want to see you laugh. I want to see you nod your head. Like I want to control that you're experiencing something. Um, but today we're going to lean a different direction as best as I know how. I'm, I'm probably going to accidentally overcompensate with my words at times because I get nervous trying to just let God move. If we are not a church that's comfortable inviting the presence of God, the real God, to move without our manipulation and without us conjuring up some sort of environment that, that feels emotional, so then we go, oh, maybe God's here. Like, it's, it's stretching because it's awkward. It's so freaking weird to sit here and just be quiet. And go, God, would you, would you kind of out of nowhere minister? My hands are off. Will you just talk to me? Will you move? But 
I really want to do that today. Um, I want to, I want to stretch myself and, and stretch us as a church to like, in some ways, simmer down and go, Jesus, good shepherd. Is there anything you want to say? I really think God loves you. I mean, obviously, I believe it with every fiber of my being that God loves you. Clay, how much has he just touched your life? From him not being real to him, just ministering to you every morning, all in just a couple months. Clay texted me yesterday. Well, let me tell you a little background. I'm gonna, can I, Clay, can I go on a little bit about you? Yeah. Yeah, so four, four months ago, Clay asked me to meet him at Turnip Truck, and he just told me with tears in his eyes that he was an atheist and he could never see himself knowing God. And then two days ago, he texted me and told me he spent an hour with his eyes closed, Bible in his arms, bear-hugging it, and the Spirit of God was just ministering to him. He told me how sweet it was that he just sits in God's presence and his presence just moves. That's available. I believe that in faith. I really believe that for each of us, that that's not just like a special story about some guy that we can't relate to, that, that the living God has like tailor-made ways that he wants to minister to your soul. Don't pass that off to your neighbor. Don't just chalk that up to your charismatic preacher who just is a big-time feeler. God wants to talk to you. Um, and, I, and I believe he's here, you know, I, I if the kids are super quiet and solemn back there, if they're just rowdy and throwing toys at each other, like, it doesn't matter what the room sounds like, he's here. If you've come here after a great week and you've just absorbed the sunshine and gotten just a surplus of vitamin D and your serotonin levels are good, or if you're here, a nervous wreck, anxious about tomorrow, not sure God's, he's here. I really think he's here and wants to talk to you. We've been in some series the last two months that were marked by starting things, beginning things. For the last month, we had My House is Your Home, which was all about kind of this new understanding of like, what if the presence of God could be in your home in really special ways? Like, what if the easiest place for you to access the presence of God was within the confines of the four walls of your home? And so we started starting all this stuff, like see your room this way, try prayer this way, Bible this way, worship, hospitality, discipleship. January was Colossians chapter 3, setting our minds on Christ, sort of starting the new year by going like, we will set our minds on Christ, put to death sin, and put on the character of Christ. Like for those that belong in the Lord, like live in the Lord. And I feel like as I was just praying for us, I feel like God was like, okay, January and February were about starting things, and then... March and April and maybe May is going to be about sustaining things. And so I don't know about you, but sometimes church can feel like the religion of more. Every week there's a new thing that you're not doing that you kind of need to be doing. Anyone ever feel that way? You're like, look, I ain't really have one of those weeks where I'm ready for addition right now, you know? And honestly, I think that's okay. I think there's a reason that, that Jesus, the good shepherd, is always talking in like seasons, hearts of soil, seeds being planted. Like what are seasons? Seasons are, there's seasons to plant seeds and there's seasons to harvest. And so what I feel like happened in January and February were a lot of seeds were planted, a lot of fun ideas that we can live into over the long haul. And what I feel like God is telling me for these next couple months, and I say that with humility, I, I think God's saying that. He, he could be like, dude, I didn't say that at all. <laughs> Who knows? So we'll see what happens. But uh, isn't that comforting? You feel comforted? Uh, um, you can trust me. Uh, 
but I, I feel like March and, uh, and April and, and, and May, if, if we've planted seeds, are about sunshine and rain. And just like going, okay, if good seeds are planted, God, will you just nourish them? No pressure to see anything pop up. No pressure to see any crazy fruit in your life. But instead, just that walking is winning mentality. God, will you just keep helping us walk a healthy pace? And so I'm really excited about this next six weeks. Um, we are going to, to really slow down. And we're going to be in Psalm 23 for six weeks. There's six verses in Psalm 23. So we're literally going to walk one verse at a time. And my biggest, not my biggest, but one of my encouragements to you is if you tend to stay up late on Saturday nights and show up to Sunday tired, you're going to fall asleep because we're going to be going slow. We're going to be chilling out. So go to bed a little earlier on Saturday nights. Come here alert, because we're going to try to like sit in the presence of God, and some of you are about to nap in the presence of God, okay? I just really, I really feel that. Uh, but uh, anyway, the heart behind this Psalm 23 series um, is, is twofold, but it comes in the same phrase. The heart of this series is to walk with God, and with emphasis on two words. First is to walk with God. You guys like that stereotypical Good Shepherd Google image that I got? <laughs> Our creative director's on vacation, so. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on walk. That's going to be the pace for the next six weeks. So many of you are in a hurry right now. <laughs> like, if you're like me, you can sit down at a park on your day off and you're in a hurry. <laughs> you're like, how is that possible? <laughs> and I think that uh, I think there's something really powerful about walking. I think Jesus is going to walk today and uh, we're just going to go at a slower pace. But then secondly, and more uniquely, it's walk with God. And so the, the emphasis of this series is not to walk for God, walk from God, but to be with the Lord. And so as we talk about this Psalm 23, which is about a shepherd, I don't just want to talk about the shepherd. We are going to invite the shepherd to talk directly to us. And we will talk directly to the shepherd. This is going to be a series of real dialogue. And I don't know how it's going to go. To be honest, I'm a nervous wreck. I, I don't know why. It's like not that big of a deal. We're literally just going to pray together more, you know, pretty chill. But I'm just like, God, we're going to lean pretty hard on you being real. <laughs> be real, God, okay? Right now, be real. Don't be fake right now. Be real, okay? <laughs> but I believe he's real, and so we're going to lean in. Um, so I'm really excited about this series. Thank you guys for letting me externally process for a second. Um, so Psalm 23 whether you're a Christian or not, I think you may have heard of this passage. At the very least, I think you've probably heard this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, okay? Um, it's like the John 3:16 of the Old Testament in terms of notoriety, right? Like Psalm 23 is a big one, right? Um, I'm sure there's several refrigerator magnets and bumper stickers and all that. So um, we're going to lean into this, the Lord is my shepherd metaphor, and we're going to try to like swim in the metaphor of shepherd and sheep. And, and the more we understand the language being used with that shepherding language, 
Um, I, I just want to invite you, as I'm talking, feel free to block me out and start connecting dots on your own. Because as we understand the shepherd and the sheep and the metaphor taking place here, like you're going to get some ideas about the character of God. God's going to start speaking to you. And just feel free to tune me all the way out and go, oh, Lord, I think you're telling me something about your character as I'm understanding how this works. And so just feel free to do that. Um, so I want to spend some time talking about sheep and shepherd uh, because that's the whole context of the passage. Um, if you grew up in VBS, you've probably heard half of this. Uh, but... Um, Let's talk sheep and shepherd before we actually read Psalm 23, which is all about the Lord being a shepherd. Is that cool? We good? Got to mix the uh, salt. The salt. You know about the salt. <laughs> There's salt in here. All right. So let's understand sheep for a second. It's important we understand sheep. If God's a shepherd, then that puts us in a different seat. We're probably the sheep, right? And so let's talk about sheep. Did anyone else grow up thinking that sheep were stupid? Anybody? Raise your hand. Like, if you had that picture of sheep, like, man, those, those guys are just complete morons, right? Uh, well, I looked up a lot about sheep, more than I ever thought I would, honestly. Uh, I watched quite a bit of content on sheep. And uh, uh, specifically, I learned the most about sheep from an Italian shepherd. He, had a, he spoke in Italian, and then I read the subtitles, and it, he sounded so cool. Um, but what I learned about sheep is sheep are not dumb, they're docile, and that's, that's two very different things. Um, so sheep are docile, which means um, they, they just look to be led. They don't have like a natural born leader among their flock, typically. Um, there's not like this really strong hierarchy. They need leadership, um, and they're prone to being submissive to leadership. And they build bonds with each other, and they kind of follow each other like dominoes, but none of them are actually a leader. So if you think about it, if sheep don't have a leader, one just starts walking, the other's like, okay, I guess we're going this way. Like, okay, So that's not stupid, that's just docile. That's just like, I'm just going to follow who's in front of me, okay? That's how it's going to work. And without leadership, they are prone to getting themselves in trouble, okay? Um, this is all from that Italian shepherd guy, so just picture me speaking in Italian with a cool accent. All right. So... Um, a, a few things I learned about them. Um, the mistakes they'll make. They'll eat poisonous plants by accident. Isn't that sad? You just think you're getting a good lunch, then you just die. Uh, they get caught up in thickets. They get caught up in like, bushes and stuff, and they'll accidentally like, strangle themselves. That, that, that can happen. Um, they can get too close to like, the edge of a cliff. Like, have you ever actually looked up a shepherd and sheep? There's a lot of mountainous areas, and so they'll get too close to a cliff's edge and literally fall off, just unaware. They can get fecal matter caught up in their wool, and that will grow bacteria. They can get a disease. They can die. They don't have anyone to clean that up, to take care of that. Um, sheep are cute because they're uh, very easily scared and scattered. Like the, I, I thought this was sweet. I was thinking about the fight or flight you know, instinct. Sheep are 1,000% flight 10 out of 10 times every time. Like If there's a storm, they're scared. If there's a predator, they're scared, and they just scramble. <laughs> like It's just over. They're like me. right? Like I love talking a big game, but the minute you actually show me that you want some conflict, I'm like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I was kidding. <laughs> when I honked, that was, an, that was my, I don't even know, God, my, God, God honked. It was super weird, uh, you know. Um, so you add all this up about sheep, and, and what you realize is it's very simple. They just, they need a leader, right? And you're going to keep hearing me doing the metaphor thing where I'm like trying to help you hear you and God, but I'm li that's just literally what sheep are. They are a, a flock that sticks together, and they actually just need someone to lead them. And what's cool about sheep is 
they are instinctively prone, if they have a good shepherd, they are instinctively prone to build their confidence in the shepherd over time. It's really interesting. They actually get to learn the shepherd in such specific ways. They learn the shepherd's voice. They learn the shepherd's smell. They learn the shepherd's mannerisms. They really get to know this over time. And so as their relationship builds, they begin to understand. Like shepherds have like clickers and they can, they can click, 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 uh, they can click train? What's that called? Click train? Sure. They can click train sheep. This is so cute, guys. Shep, sheep um, can learn their individual names. Did you know that? So if a shepherd has a flock, he can literally be like, Jerry, Jerry, come here. Stop messing with Lisa, you know? <laughs> Greg, where are you going, Greg? And Greg's like, oh, mm, mm, you know, there's my shepherd. Yeah, you know, it's pretty funny. Uh, they can learn from the shepherd's mannerisms when he's communicating that there's peace and it's time to graze. They can learn when the shepherd's saying there's danger, draw near, like get close to me. Like if a storm's coming or a predator's coming, and so for the shepherd, the shepherd has a pretty clear, defined role, like several things. But first, the shepherd's there to provide, right? To provide a way. Food, water, care, like he provides for the sheep. Secondly, he's there to care for them, to clean their wool, to deliver babies, all those things. The shepherd is there to care for the sheep. Number three, the shepherd's there to protect that fight or flight instinct that we know of. The shepherd needs to be a thousand percent fight. Like, if there's a predator, if the shepherd doesn't fight, nothing, no one's fighting. No animals are fighting. It's just people are going to, it's people. Sheep are going to suffer. Sheep are going to suffer. And overall, the shepherd's there just to know the sheep, to know their characteristics, to know their names, to know how many there are, to count it up often so he can know if the flock is there. And if not, so he can leave the flock and find the one or two that have lost their way, right? And so... This is how it works. And so as we get into Psalm 23, keep in mind the characteristics of a sheep and the responsibility of a shepherd. Because the author penning Psalm 23, his name's David, and he's the most famous king in Israel's history. But what's so unique about David is he was first a lowly shepherd, okay? So this text is really personal to the author. The author really understands the metaphor he's writing about, right? And so I want to tell you about David really quick. Um, he was the youngest of eight sons. He was the shortest and the smallest of eight sons. While his seven brothers put on like sexy armor and went off and defended Israel against Israel's enemies and all the chicks were like, oh my gosh, look at them with their spears. And David was just the loser in the field taking care of shepherds. You know he was taking care of shepherds, sheep. And you know he's a loser because the prophet Samuel, who's been chosen to anoint the next king, he doesn't even assume David's in the picture. He literally wants to choose every other one of David's brothers. He's like, is it this guy? And God's like, no. Is it this one? No. If it ain't one of these guys, like all these guys are tall, broad-shouldered, buff, warrior spirit. But God says this to Samuel. The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outer appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And scripture says David had a heart after God's heart, which is really cool. And so I just like thought, man, if you've ever been the person that's small in stature, 
me. That doesn't really dress that cool, me. Like, if you've ever been the person who goes, I'm on the outside looking in, man, you are just tailor-made for the presence of God to touch your life. If anyone here feels like an outsider when they step foot in the church, like, God loves you. Man, he's so with you. It's the unassuming people that God's like, man, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the sick. I'm here for the one that knows they're on the outside looking in so that I can help them feel the warmth of being on the inside. So, really cool stuff. So, David was a shepherd before he was king. So, David trimmed the hair on the sheep that was infected. David prevented sheep from falling off a cliff, from eating poisonous plants. He named all the individual sheep. He taught them all commands. He built that trust. 1 Samuel 17, David literally says that at different moments, a bear came and took a sheep, a lion came and took a sheep, and I don't know if he was slingshotting them or staffing them or spearing them, but he literally killed these predators to save the sheep out of the jaws of death. I mean, like crazy stuff. David was about that life, okay? And as David is king, I imagine him, he starts reflecting on his testimony, He starts kind of like rolling through all the different moments from birth until this moment where he's king of Israel. And he starts pondering what God's been for him. And he starts thinking about those moments in the fields when he took care of those sheep. And he goes, you know what God's like? And then he, I guess, pulls out a feather pen. You know, what did they write with? I don't know. On some papyrus or whatever that stuff's called. (laughs) And as he reflects on his testimony, and he tries to think about the character of God, he goes, the Lord's my shepherd. That's, That's who God is. He's my shepherd. You ever experienced something in life where you went, that is helping me understand God? Talk to any parent that believes in Jesus, and they'll tell you, like, or any pastor for kids. It's going to be me soon. Every Sunday, I'm going to have a new story about something that I saw in my kid, and it's going to remind me of the Lord, and you're going to be like, okay, we get it. You're a dad. You love her. Get over it, you know? But if you're a parent, be like, man, I didn't know love until I held my baby. I've heard parents say stuff like, man, my kid could disobey me a thousand times in a row, and I'd be pretty peeved, but I would not love that kid any less. And they'll say something like, I'm starting to understand God's love for me now. Isn't that sweet how God will do this? Like in your jobs, in your friendships, in your relationships, pay attention. God is trying to teach you things about himself in your everyday life. And that's what's happening with David here. He's thinking about on his personal story. And God's going, I put you in those fields so you could understand my character better. I'm a shepherd. You're a sheep. I imagine David going, man, I remember in that one battle where I feared for my life. I was convinced death was at my doorstep. And somehow, some way, the shepherd showed up and he saved my life. I really am a sheep. If you know David's story, you know that King Saul tried to kill him while he was playing the harp. It's like, Saul, chill out. They don't get much more serene than a guy playing the harp for you. (laughs) Don't throw a spear at him. (laughs) That's kind of really rude. I imagine David being like, I remember when I dabbled in poison and I slept with another man's wife and it should have killed me. 
But God saved me. He showed me grace. I remember when I felt lost, wasn't sure where to turn, where I was fleeing Saul or in the midst of battle and lost my way, didn't know where up from down, and God led me out of it. He found me. And just imagine the back and forth David's doing. He's, he's remembering when a sheep went missing, and he had to search and search and search, and he had to find the sheep. Oh, thank goodness, there's Greg. Got him, taking him back to the flock, or like Hezekiah or something, I don't know. And then he bounces back to his real story where he felt lost. And out of nowhere, he was like, I don't know how this works, but I swear the good shepherd, he showed me the way. And as he reflects on his testimony, the Lord is my shepherd. And I love what it produces in David. Because he goes, since the Lord is my shepherd... I don't want anything else. Since the Lord is the one who provides for my every need, since the Lord is the one who protects me, since the Lord is the one who cares for me, since the Lord is the one who knows me better than I know myself, he says, I shall not want. Because I know the character of the one I call shepherd. I do not have to live on the rabbit trail of what ifs. I don't have to wonder what's next. I only have to know the shepherd is near and to step where he steps and all else is taken care of. This is that 1 Timothy 6.6 that you guys hear me quote every few months. Contentment, contentment, I need nothing else. Contentment plus godliness is great gain. If I have the good shepherd, I have all I need. Not all I want, we're greedy people. I got a lot I want. I got a daughter on the way. I got so many outfits I'm thinking about. I can't, well, she's gonna look so cute. Like, there's stuff I want. That's fine. God, if you're here, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus says, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Hey, I'm serious. I'm here. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. How many of us know that that is not a sweet invitation, but a command from the good? I'm here. He goes, if I take care of the flowers of the field and the birds of the air, how much better do you think I'm going to take care of my kids? If the good shepherd is here, do not worry. Rest in the peace of the caretaker. John chapter 10, verses 14 through 15 says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own. And my own know me. That hits different already for me as I'm thinking about what we've learned about sheep and being able to know their names and all those things. Like, I know my own, and my own know me. They know my voice, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And then he says, and I lay my life down for the sheep. I risk it all for the sheep. 
This series is an opportunity for our hearts to receive deep within us, Jesus is our shepherd. That he is up close and personal. And God wants to teach you, the individual, he wants to teach us as a church, but you, the individual, deep within your bones, that the good shepherd is close, he is near, and he knows you by name, and he will provide, and he will care for you, and he will protect you, and he will lead you. And so I started this whole conversation off of going, man, we don't just want to talk about the good shepherd. I want the good shepherd to talk to us directly and invite us into this dialogue with the good shepherd. And so for the next several minutes, that's what we're going to try to do. And hopefully we don't even need to try. Like we just need to sit and just open ourselves up and go, Lord, if you're willing to speak, like if you're here and you're willing to speak, I'm listening. And so I know that the chairs are very close together. I mean, everyone's shoulders are touching, and that it makes it harder to be vulnerable when you're that close to somebody else, at least for me, maybe no one else. But you try to lift your hands in worship, and you're just like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. That happens to me and Leah. I'm like, oh, sorry, baby, keep worshiping, do your thing. Like, um, but I'm going to invite us as best as we can. Like, whatever you need to do to sit up, to breathe deep, to forget who's around you, Go ahead and get in a posture that you'll be prone to focus in prayer. Does that make sense? So go ahead and get in a posture that helps you focus. Take some breaths. Go ahead and acknowledge, if you're willing, that you're not going to pass this off to your neighbor, that you're going to personally try to talk with the Lord. I see someone sitting on the ground. That's a great idea. Like, make this place your home. If you need to go stand in the back, if you need to sit on the floor, if you want to come here to the front, we got a few square feet up here. For those that were at prayer at nine for several months, you know how that is. You can just come lay down up here if you want. I've got the time. You don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to take a super long here, but it's going to feel long for you because I'm going to be quiet a lot. But for the next minute... I want you to ask the Lord, because we're going to walk very slowly through Psalm 23, and will you just ask the Lord, or acknowledge his presence, and ask him to speak to you? So right now, start talking to the Lord. So, Lord, as we walk slowly through Psalm 23, 1, and we vulnerably sit quietly <laughs> trying to listen for you, we just ask for you to move and to speak. God, will you help the voices of our kids to make us smile and not to feel like problems? We love kids. We love their noise. Your image bearers are back there just living in freedom. Thank you. Like, seriously, Lord, I don't even say that to be cute. Like, thank you, God, for your image bearers. 
that remind us to have fun at church, not to be so stiff. Father, take the pressure off. So many of us in here are probably going to be like, I don't know. I was tired. I was distracted or I tried my best. I don't know if you talked to me. It's fine. We're good. Some of us are just going to be quiet and breathe deeper, and that was just a healthy thing. So that's great. But Lord, where you're willing to speak, we want to hear. So I'm going to walk us through Psalm 23.1, and I want to invite you just to keep your eyes closed, to keep yourself focused, and I want you just to meditate on the word. So the first two words of Psalm 23.1, the Lord, the Lord. I just want you to think about God. Who is God? Who is God to you? First John 1 John 1.5, God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. Hebrews 12, 29. Our God is a consuming fire. Isaiah 45, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no other. Isaiah 6.1, the Lord is high and exalted, seated on a throne. Hebrews 4.16, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence.
Our God is a consuming fire, high and exalted, seated on a throne. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Don't be discouraged as you get distracted. Just come back. The next two words, the Lord is my. Not the Lord is theirs. The Lord is your. The Lord is my. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. As you think about the Lord, make him personal. He knows the hairs on your head. He knit you together in your mother's womb. The living God of the throne of grace knows you. He is here and he is aware of you. Take a few moments. Let God be personal with you. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I want to invite you to think on your story with the Lord. We've all got that imagination in our minds where we can see things. And I want you to think back on your story. And I want you to ask God this question. We know a shepherd provides. God, show me a time where you provided for me. Take me back to a moment where you provided for me. And just relive that moment.
A shepherd is there to take care of the sheep. Consider asking the Lord, God, can you remind me of a time where you took really good care of me? Where you showed me how much you loved me? Remember a time where you experienced the love of God? A shepherd is there to protect. Ask God, show me a time where you protected me from harm, maybe even harm I was asking for. God, will you show me a time where you genuinely rescued me and you saved my life? And just live in that moment with the Lord. When did God rescue you? Just relive it with him. As you've thought about how he's provided for you, how he's cared for you, how he's protected you, all of this adds up. He knows you. He knows you by name. He sees you right now. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling. He knows your current lot in life. And he cares so much for you. And so with the Lord, just acknowledge, God, you really know me. You really do. You walk with me. You love me. God, will you help me to make this personal? Will you take our relationship to something more personal? 
where I understand that you call me by name, that you teach me things about yourself, that you're not just teaching everybody, it's for me, that you love me in ways that you don't love others because you know me and I'm unique and your love for me is unique and I want you just to, just to invite God's love for you to be up close and personal. Embrace his intimacy, embrace that he knows you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If the Lord cares for you, if he protects you, if he provides for you, if he knows you, maybe this is a good time to ask the Lord right now, God, what are the things that I think I need? But I don't need them. They make me anxious. They make me feel like I'm incomplete. They make me worry. They make me wonder where my help's going to come from. What are the things that I think I need, that I think define me? Will you just show me that right now? What makes me feel incomplete? Just ask the Lord. And now in the presence of God, who's here and talking to you, in the face of things you think you need, I want you to, with, with as much belief as you can muster, t- to tell the Lord, God, you are enough. You're enough. 
and let that prayer and that statement to the Lord minister to the areas where you feel you're lacking, where you feel incomplete, where you feel you need more. God, if you are here, you are enough, Lord. Your presence is enough. I lack nothing in your presence. And let the truth of that just minister to your soul. If the good shepherd knows you, protects you, provides for you, and he's near, you lack nothing. You shall not want. Meditate on that with the Lord. Lord, will you show us where we don't think you're enough? In a culture that is always, always telling us we need something different, we need something more, the Bible comes and just screams the exact opposite. God is enough. Your grace is sufficient. Give our church a spirit of contentment. When the good shepherd is here, we are content. We lack absolutely nothing in your presence. In Jesus' name, I want to invite you to Get a pen and paper or a phone. Take a minute or two. Just write down some things you were praying about. Write down some things you were thinking about. I know this was a weird exercise. Some of you are going, I didn't really feel anything spiritual, but I had a couple of random thoughts. Write those thoughts down. Take some time to process. I'm going to give you like two minutes just to journal. Maybe even you just need to write a prayer to the Lord about just what you were thinking about with him. Maybe there's something he wants you to carry with you this week. I'm convinced God's going to speak things in this room throughout this series that he's going to want you to carry with you outside of these walls. Pay attention.
We've got communion uh, underneath the inside chairs in every other row. If you want to grab communion, you can take one, pass it down. And don't, don't take communion yet, but go ahead and get it in, get it in your hands. Most people did not fall asleep. I'm proud of you. I know it was tempting. The kids helped us out. Thank you, kids team, for loving our kids well, taking care of them. You guys are amazing. So we're going to do something that we actually used to do all of the time, but it might feel new to several of you, and it's going to be a little vulnerable, um, and this is, this is going to be a little normal for the next six weeks. Um, we're going to circle up in groups of three or four, so you can move your chairs around, just watch for the coffee on the ground. Um, and here's, a, here's the instruction. I want to invite you to share if you felt like you saw something that encouraged you, or you learned something, or you felt like the Lord talked to you, or if you just had something pop up in your imagination, you're like, I don't know if that was God or just you know, my brain or whatever, but, but maybe you're here going, hey, I'm not really comfortable with that. Um, obviously, don't share anything. That's fine. Um, but if you're willing to share, I really think this is going to be one of these moments where you'll have something that may feel like whatever, but your neighbor, there'll be something that God did through you for your neighbor kind of thing. I really think God wants to minister to us through us. And so I would just encourage you is be bold, like share your thoughts, be willing to be vulnerable. And if you're listening, you can just nod your head, say thanks for sharing that. It doesn't have to be weird. Does that make sense? This feels like the first week of us doing this. And it's gonna be really sweet, I promise you. If we'll just be faithful, there's some good stuff on the other end of this. So let's go ahead and circle up in groups of three or four. If you don't know someone in your circle, very briefly, just what's your name, where are you from, but get past that quickly. And then just share, what's something you thought about? Was there something you learned? Was there something that encouraged you? What did you see as you thought about the Good Shepherd? We're going to go about 10 minutes, so you've got time. Don't feel the need to rush. Move past the introductions as quick as you can. That's the only part you need to rush through. All right. I'm going to invite you to come back. You can straighten up your chairs. If you didn't get to finish the conversation, go to lunch. Talk about it then. I'd love to hear from a few of you. Uh, you don't have to name who said it, but I'd love for some, a few of you to share what someone else shared that encouraged you. Does that make sense? So you don't have to name who it was, but just share some stuff that you heard that encouraged you. Someone kick us off. What's something that you heard shared that, that encouraged you?
Yeah, if you didn't hear what she said, she shared that someone, she shared that someone shared that, uh, that you may not always get answers in the presence of God, but you can get peace. And just the sweetness of that, if you'll just slow down and sit in his presence, that oftentimes that's what he's trying to teach you too. It's, it's not part of the agreement, it's to always give you answers, but the peace, that is part of the agreement. What else? What encouraged you? Yeah. So. footsteps that you can see are behind you, your past, mm. and the ocean is a constant, it flows up, and it washes your past footsteps away, and like use Whoa. the illustration that the water is God's grace, that is just a constant flow, like you can't see your future step, but you're continuing to walk, and the only thing is you just want to constantly look back at your past, mm. but that flow of grace just washes it away. Wow. Okay, so he basically just shared poetry with me, so I won't be able to respond very well with this, but he just shared that an image that came to someone's mind was walking on the beach and how the only footsteps you can see are behind you, and that even then the ocean waves are the grace of God that wash those away, and then, gosh, there's something, something beautiful about the next steps, and it was really beautiful, so it's just, that's great. Come, that's Parker. He's got a tan hat. Come talk to him afterward, all right? <laughs> You were halfway through, and I was like, that was a really, well, that was a really eloquent uh, re- reciting of it. All right, what, who else? Someone get me out of this moment. I'd love to hear a couple more. What, what encouraged you? What ministered to you? All y'all just talked for 10 minutes straight. Come on. Thank you, Amanda. Um, this will be the, the posture and the flow uh, every week. I probably won't try to go until 1040 every time um, just to give our, our team time to transition for the 11. But um, I want to ask you to approach this series in a special way. Come ready to, to slow down, to breathe deep, and to welcome the presence of God. One of my prayers for you as a church for, for 2023 is that co-ministry would increase. And what I mean by that is that we would begin interceding on behalf of each other, approaching the throne on behalf of one another, praying for each other. And I, I feel that God, our first step to get to an interceding on behalf of each other type of church that prays for one another is to welcome the Spirit of God in the first place and to actively sit quietly and listen. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, speak. I'm quieting myself. You talk. You take the reins. Like, you have my mind. Okay, and so I just, I just ask you to lean all the way into this series. I think a habit of doing this, I, I, really, I really think God's going to do some sweet stuff in this body. Okay, I love you guys. Um, if you haven't taken communion, go ahead and put it in your, you can go ahead and grab it. There's bread at the top, bow, one rip, and then, then there's juice on that second rip, all right, rip and sip. And um, uh, feel free to go ahead and take the bread and the cup now. And as you do it, think of the good shepherd.